Blog Talk Radio. Hi there. I'm Mary Eileen Williams at Feisty Side of 50 Radio, and this show is a celebration of baby boomers who are embracing life as we grow older. And one of the best ways we can do that is by sharing our lives with a furry companion. And that's why today's show is going to be especially helpful and fun. Our guest is Dr. Gary Weitzman. Gary, Dr. Gary is a licensed veterinarian and an accomplished animal welfare professional with more than 25 years of experience in the field. He's also the president of the San Diego Humane Society, serves on the board of the Association for Animal Welfare Advancement, and is the author of four books for National Geographic. Dr. Gary is joining us today to share all about his latest book, and if you are a pet owner or thinking about becoming one, you are going to like this one. It's called The Complete Guide to Pet Health, Behavior, and Happiness. I have been reading it and really found out a lot of information and can't wait to get going. So welcome, Dr. Gary. Oh, thank you very much. I mean, nice talking to you. Well, it's such a pleasure having you on the show, and I want to start out by saying a big congratulations on this book. Uh, I have had the honor and pleasure of interviewing a few National Geographic authors, but this is, I mean, the research that went into this uh, is packed with super important information and a lot of new information I want to get to later in the show that I found was particularly fascinating. And of course, like National Geographic, the photographs are wonderful, but in this book not only are they beautiful but they're heartwarming <laughs> so <laughs> so yeah, anyway yeah. i can't wait to get going Well, one thing, Dr. Gary, my audience, uh, being the title, entitled The Feisty Side of 50, many of us are seniors, and we know uh, from all sorts of reading and, and research that uh, actually um, pet ownership is important to keeping us healthy because, of course, all the social and you know emotional aspects of having a pet. But also pets can require a lot of energy. So do you have any tips uh, to start out with for choosing a pet for those of us seniors on the feisty side of 50? Yeah, definitely. And um, I think it's really important to recognize that if you get an animal, get a pet, um, well, let's just say a shelter. I, I happen to be biased uh, uh, being at San Diego Humane Society myself. But you can often try out a pet, and that sometimes makes people feel like they're going to be judged if they end up not keeping a pet. But that's really not the case anymore in progressive animal shelters and organizations. So I always recommend foster a pet for a little while. See if that's a good match for you. See if it's a good match for the animal. And don't feel terrible if you have to come back because we really want to have some more information about that pet. So I think trying out, doing a test drive, is a really good idea, and we want that match to work for everybody involved. So that's, that's the first part. The second thing is obviously knowing what your energy level is. And we do know that there's benefits to having animals, um, lots of physiological benefits, decreased um, blood pressure, decreased anxiety, that wonderful oxytocin yeah. release. You know, when you're petting your dog or your cat. or and, and we also know that they get it as well. So there's those benefits. and But the energy level is really important. You have to know, obviously, we, we all know, you can take your dogs out. 
dog dog has to go for a walk, has to get exercise. Cats less so, but you have to really be very interactive with cats indoors so that they can have a fulfilling life too. But I don't think there is any age where people cannot benefit from this incredible relationship with pets. Oh, that is so. That is such helpful information, and I didn't realize you can uh, again kind of do a test run with a pet, or like you say, foster them for a while and see if it's a good match. Because that was what this brings up my next question. Um, I am looking actually for a dog myself at some point, and um, I, as much as I love puppies, years ago. <laughs> I just don't know if I have the energy <laughs> yeah. to uh, go through the puppy training and all. Hey, listen, so I'd be looking people, at a shelter. Uh, feel the same way. Yeah, yeah. yeah well, I think and um, got, really, I always you know, said, what... I'm sorry. Go ahead. Oh, I was going to say that there's there certainly are a lot of older pets, senior pets that that really need homes badly, and that's a, that is such a tragedy when an animal ends up in a shelter. Uh, you know, we take good care of them, but when they're in a shelter, when they've left a home, they're confused. They do owner searching. It's really just tragic when that happens. If if someone's life circumstance changes and they have to surrender, or relinquish a dog or a cat, or you know, or health issues happen, so we do get lots of older animals in shelters as well as puppies and they need a home very desperately so i think that's also something to consider but you know you started the question by um the uh, admission which i agree with that puppies take a lot of energy they certainly do but they're um self-energized self-fueled whereas older dogs take a lot more work on the human side because they often have have difficulty moving around uh they may have difficulty with their normal you know bathroom routine things like that uh, obviously arthritis all the things that afflict us so there's the, you get the whole spectrum on either side there's no question animals take some work but i think they give back to us in spades for everything that we give them Oh, absolutely, absolutely. Well, actually, I, again, I'll speak for myself. I always said God made puppies cute because otherwise, because <laughs> they could get into mischief. But I'd be looking for, say, like a dog, maybe, you know, early middle age, let's say five or six years old. But uh, even in shelters, I know some of them have had tough lives before they land in the shelters. And do you have any tips for how we could select a dog that would be good for us other than the test run, but also some bonding tips? How might we be able to take a dog that's had a history and we've had our own history and really start to interact together? Mm -hmm. Yeah, good question. The first part is, to me, easier because it's um, the best thing you could possibly do is if you go to a shelter to get an animal, spend some time with the adoption counselor at that shelter because he or she will have the most information about each of the animals that, that are at the shelter and be able to match you with the appropriate dog, cat, rabbit, bearded dragon, <laughs> whatever you're looking for. But that, that part's really important, and that's why I say if someone takes an animal for a weekend and fosters that animal and decides that's not going to really work for me, bringing that animal back, you are coming back with so much information for us in the animal yeah. shelter to then pass on to somebody else. So it should never be viewed as a failure. It really is helping in the process. But that adoption counselor is key to you getting the right animal. And you go in 
didn't talk about this is what my day is like, what my work life is like, you know, this is how much walking I want to do, how much energy I've got. And a good adoption counselor, and they're, they're all good, they're, they're in it for the mission, um, will really help you get the right animal. I think that's that's really critical. And then the bonding part, thankfully, happens almost on its own. I mean, we become their whole worlds. Now, you're right to ask and, and mention that animals that are in a shelter, well, they are, yeah, they've already been somewhere often before they're in your home. But we um, we know that they can get over almost anything by good care and attention from somebody new. And the bond just happens. And then you, you do the feeding, you, um, you train that animal, the bond just gets enriched by doing all of that. It really is, it's an amazing thing, um, the way that we have this, this relationship with these guys. Well, oh, Dr. Gay, again, this is just, I mean, a lot of it's just information that, you know, if you think about it, it makes so much sense, but I hadn't even considered that, you know, that you can spend time with a with an adoption counselor and, and really lay out your needs. Yeah. And that actually brings me to my next question, and I am kind of focusing on dogs. I know the book covers a whole range of animals, but I'm a dog person, so <laughs> there you go. But okay, that's fair uh, One of the gifts of... One of the gifts of being a little older is many of us have the luxury of traveling, and that's good for a lot of reasons, too. But you go over and look some tips for how to board your dog, how to make sure they get taken care of, or other pets as well. But can you share a little maybe uh, ideas on that to those of us to those of our listeners? Yeah, sure. Um, that is something that often holds people back from getting a pet. They're going to be more more. Um, busier with travel, not around the house as much, and that's fair. And I think that's something to consider if you are going to get a dog or a cat um, or any pet at all. But there are really good options, and today there are more than ever. Um, House-sitting, there are thousands and thousands of pet sitters across the United States. They're bonded. They're in their own association. Um, they're very trustworthy and wonderful human beings that really think as much of your own pet as they do of their own. Uh, they're, they're really invaluable. I was devastated when my pet sitter uh, got married and moved off. And <laughs> I don't use her anymore. But, so that, that is one, one really good thing. Now, there, there's a price to pay for that. There's no question. But all good things have a price. But I think for that freedom to be able to move and travel, it's really wonderful to keep your pets in their own environment. Some pet sitters will even take take your dog or your cat to to their home, and once your animal's used to that person, that's that's pretty good too. They they can actually really thrive in that environment. But I don't think that should hold someone up from getting a pet. I think that it's just something to consider if you are going to be doing a lot of travel. Make sure that like finding a good vet, finding a good place to walk your dog, um, finding a good dog park if you can use that. It's really important to find a good pet sitter. And there's a lot of them out there, so I don't think that should hold you back if you're planning on having um, a very rich life. It can only help you. Oh, Dr. King, again, that makes so much sense, but, you know, you don't necessarily think in those terms because that's something, again, I'm talking a lot about myself, but I've thought, well, I want to do this, I want to do that. Maybe it's not the time to get a pet, but maybe it's just the time to get a pet and get a good pet sitter, yeah. too. Yeah, and oh, I, I so. just want to say in the in 
in the book. Again, you've, it's filled with really fascinating information besides basic things on health care and, you know, and, and training and all, which people need to pick up a copy to see all that for themselves. But one of the things I found so fascinating is you mentioned a brain study on dogs that relates their brains to human brains. Can you tell us a little bit about that before we have to go? Sure, it's amazing. You know, it just proves what we all knew. Those of us who love dogs, they are really tuned into us. So the, the study is one out of Hungary in 2012 and a follow-up in 2016 at the Outpost Loránd University, which I'm probably massacring. My Hungarian is not that good. But it really shows that dogs' <laughs> brains light up in the amygdala at the same place that our brains light up when we see something or hear something that comforts us. And for dogs, there was... Uh, absolutely irrefutable evidence that they light up at the sound of their owner's voices or the touch of their owner versus other people. So I think that's proof, and I don't want to hear any more about it. I'm absolutely convinced that dogs love us (laughs) and react very much the same that we do. Uh, It's irrefutable to me. Oh, well, Dr. Gary, well, as I said, this book, uh, you, you, it, from A to Z or from uh, puppy to, to older uh, dog or cat or bunny or bird, this book has it all. But I just want to thank you for sharing not only your expertise but your enthusiasm and your obvious love for pets with us. Oh, it was a pleasure talking to you, Mary Eileen. Loved it. Hope to do it again. I would love that, too. And I do urge everyone out there, please check out National Geographic's Complete Guide to Pet Health, Behavior, and Happiness. If you've got a pet or you're thinking about getting one, you will want to make sure you have this book in your very own library. And also, we know that furry companions make our own lives richer, so we want to make sure that we are doing right by them. So, again, pick up a copy of this book. And while you're at it, don't forget to go out there and show the world just how feisty a woman over 50 can be. This is Mary Eileen Williams at Feisty Side of 50 Radio saying I'll catch you next time. Bye-bye.